G'day, welcome to Formula. This is why Jack can't not be here. This is actually the perfect intro. Jack is not here for all of one session and we've already reverted back to Formula Bums. It took us literally less than 20 seconds. Like, <laughs> it was so natural for you as well. I was I'll waiting be, for it. Oh, fucking. Anyway, this is, <laughs> this is Bums on the Bench, not Formula Bums. I'm a bit more excited for Formula Bums this week because it's the Australian round. Oh. That's why, I'm, that's why I probably was like, oh, Formula, Formula Bums. But no, this is Bums I on mean, the Bench. This is every other sport except Formula One. Actually, you guys still talk about it a little bit. I mean, like you, you could give a, give me like a two-minute spiel if you really want to because you know I'm always invested in hearing what you talk about. 3 p.m. Sunday afternoon, 20 cars going around a street circuit in Melbourne, one Aussie in the in the pack, and Daniel Ricciardo in the field. That's all you need to know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good weekend, and Jack and me are going to preview it later this week Ooh. on our other show, so stay tuned for that. But this is Bums on the Bench. We're here to talk about footy. Jack is out having a nice romantic dinner to send off Sharon Woods in the nicest way possible by buying him all the chicken wings at Sneaky Burger. Laurie, we tried to reach out to him for comment, but uh, he was not available at the time. I think he might be a little bit too upset to take any press conference in this situation. Yeah. But I just want to give a hats off to Jack for being such a lovely, beautiful fella, knowing that as of, was it 3 p.m. today, my friend? It was about 2 p.m. this afternoon. Sharon Woods is no longer a St. George Illawarra Dragon. And this is a cause for sadness because, you know, he was an integral part. Everyone loves good old Shazza. I've been shitting on him since week one. Bon voyage, don't let the door hit your butt on the way out. But in saying that, I think it brings new beginnings for Dragons. I'll tell you what it's done. It's proved that they can make a trade deal out of nothing because they fleeced the shit out of Manly bringing in two 22-year-old forwards for a 30-something-year-old old man. <laughs> Listen, man, all I'm going to say is it, with the statements that's been released from, from the Manly camp, it really does seem like Aaron's going in there for more of a coach-based position rather than a playing-based position. You and I both know by the end of this year, he's run out of gas. He's run out of everything. He was running out of gas two years ago. He was running out of gas two years ago, but now I think, you know, you know how the best analogy I can think of is, you know, when it's still on empty, but your tank's just given a little bit extra. It's like, yep. no, nah, I'm not dying yet. No, nah, it's finally died. Yeah. Yep. And I think this will be a, probably a lucrative position for Mr. Sharon, as I was saying to you earlier, I do believe that this there is going to be a coaching position out of this for him. Well, you'd want to hope so because the only the only winners in this trade was your mob, and it's one of your only three wins this year. So that means you can minus two points from your final tally. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, that was a big win for Sharon because he no longer has to say that he's associated with the Dragons. I know, right? <laughs> so, like, I don't know who's the real winner here, but in saying that, I think having these two new forwards come in, fresh-faced, under 25, it's a fucking miracle. I don't know how this one's happened. Yeah, usually your young players are 30. Yep. <laughs> I mean, And you've got two under 25-year-olds coming in. In our forward pack, Hook must be like having the best time of his life knowing that he finally got someone that wants to be a part of his team that's not ending their career in a couple of years because his will be ending in a couple of years as well. Well, I feel like Hook's career is on the line right now. If he doesn't produce results, I mean... Well, old Buzzy Rothfield said he's got six weeks to prove that he wants the Dragons coaching role next year. Dragons have come out and said he has to reapply for that said role. 
Like, how does how does that make you feel as a Dragons fan? Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. I think Hook coming in from the start was a mistake, and he's nonstop proved it by all he wanted to do is having a forward pack mentality. And that's what's going to happen to these two players here. They're going to bring. They're going to come in. They're going to be sitting on the bench, and we got players like Musgrove and Laurie who will come in do twenty minute stints of their ultimate runs at like, you know, Laurie's getting another try this year. Let me tell you, he's playing fantastic. <laughs> I love you, Laurie. Um, because of that, I believe they're going to do a rotation roster based off the forward pack, make most of the interchanges when they're gassed, and then just keep kind of pushing them through to have some sort of middle line break because. While we have some of the best outside backs I've ever seen, I'm looking at you, Ravalawa, your game on the first half against Sharkies, oh my God, you were a menace, that dude. Did you see those double tackles he did straight from marker? Yeah. That was sexy. He's, he's coming up against his old arch nemesis in a couple of weeks, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, two-post forearm. Let me tell you, we're ready for it. Last Anzac game, he held him off. Ravalawa was the reason we won in those dying minutes. Yeah, because he has no brains in that head to get knocked, <laughs> knocked you know senseless. What? He didn't fucking need him because let me tell you, he's got all brawn, baby, and he'll snap two bow in half like the twiggies. Yeah, I'm not shocked at that. In that, <laughs> wouldn't shock me if Tupo walks out with a snap leg. Uh, honestly, that poor boy goes through quite a few injuries. Yeah, How, well, how's Roosters looking at the moment? By the way, well, I'm going to the game on Thursday night. Oh. St- still a bit nervous, yeah. But I am going with a mate of mine from work who's a massive Eels fan who really likes Walker Blake. Yep, he loves Walker Blake. He cannot wait to tell Walker Blake what he thinks of him in person. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's a real diehard fan. Oh, he's an absolute diehard fan, Eli. I know you'll never listen to this, but I hope you do, man, because I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Walker Blake. Yeah, like I imagine, you know, he'd be so inspired. By Blake, that he'd be screaming at him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, wow. Just like I'm going to be screaming at the 17 in red, white, and blue for how bad they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. How, how did Roosters go last week? Come on, uh, give us a rundown. We scraped by with the bye. Yep. Just just got the two points. You got the two points. You know who didn't get the two points? <laughs> the Dragons. The Dragons. <laughs> you know what the end result was, Randy? Yeah, 40 to 8. 40 to 8. It just looked really good until the second half. It was half. 8 to 12. I don't know what happened. We you looked really good in the first half to the point where I actually turned it off because I was like, they're going to be a happy mob at the end of this because there's going to be a close game. I don't want to watch any more of it. Check the score 45 minutes later. I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Jack's not turning up today. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him after that one. I couldn't even wear my jersey at that point. It was just embarrassing. But, you know, let's let's talk about other games because... Otherwise, I'm just going to be salty, sad. And no, I want to talk about Ben Hunt's comments after the game. Mm-hmm. Ben Hunt said, "You guys should be embarrassed." <laughs> it was not. It wasn't a good performance in that second half. The second half was definitely, definitely where you lost the derby yep. of all things to lose to. It was the the derby. It game. had to be the Sharkies, yeah, of all people. Had to be your biggest rivals because sure as shit ain't going to be in the grand final anytime soon. <laughs> You've only got two grand finals every year. The game against the Sharks and the game against the Roosters in my book. Because um, the Roosters, you at least plan for a trophy. I, I was going to say the charity shield as well. Like, I mean, I know it's at the start and it's only trials, but it, it is a pretty big That's highlight, especially pretty. out in Mudgee. Well, just out in the country, wherever they play. But yes, they're, they're the only three biggest games for us. And then... You've lost two of them already. You've lost two of them already, and I, I'm so disappointed in myself. However, that's that's the perks of being the Dragons. We'll get them next year. Um, March is nearly finished, so we should be really starting dropping down soon. 
Oh, you have already started drop down. You're currently 14th. You know what? He's doing better than some of the clubs. So like, Not he, last. Here's he, your only saving grace this year. The Tigers don't look like they can win look like they can win anything right now. So they're gonna finish on six points. So you just needed one win to beat them. Tigers got a tough run this week too, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. Um they have. Who the t- oh, they got Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're up at against Brisbane. The and they're at Brisbane too. Oh god. And something's up. Ooh, Sheen's got a new bench too, apparently. Let's see what's the the changes coming up for the Tigers loss. Oh god. Um, so you got Simpkin, Twole, Mamuta, and Toa on the bench with Offerhengawi, Simpkin, Dane Laurie, Seafarth, and Bloor in the reserves. You know what? They don't really need any of them. All they really need at the moment is Reynolds, and they need um, Haas and Walsh. And it's just those three have unlocked some key form within oh. the Broncos that have brought them to new heights. Oh, I think the Broncos are on for a solid year if they can stay on the park. It's it's sort of scary to think that, considering the dr- the Broncos of the past few years, they've just not been the Broncos of the past in a way. Mm-hmm. I was I was watching um Gordy talk about it. I think it was Gordon Tallis. He was talking about back in the day when the Broncos played, they had a certain swagger about them. Like you knew they were coming in and they'd win. Like think about the days with Alfie Langer, Darren Lockyer. He had the strut. They 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 yeah. had the strut of and they Brisbane. Were filthy like. Every you everyone yeah. hated Brisbane. They exactly. were the smug assholes who knew they were better than most. And if you look at them over the past probably like two weeks when they played at home, especially last week when they played the de- first derby of the Dolphins v Broncos, every try they scored, they made a point to be like, "This is our house." Ro- while she started it two weeks ago with his final try, just pointing to the ground, be like, "Yep, this is our place. <laughs> Don't you fuck with this." And then last week, they in basically every time they scored and they knew they were going to win, they pointed to the spot, ran over to the fans like, this is our house, this is Suncorp, this is Brisbane territory. Get your ass back to Redcliffe. And they sure as hell put it into it last. Like, what a game last week. Oh, it was a it. fantastic game. What a like, fucking derby. What That was the best derby this year. And that that's saying something because my derby happened last week and I was a nervous wreck through most of it. <laughs> but all I can say is... I mean, I don't blame you being a nervous wreck watching that team. You just—it's it, hard to watch the Roosters sometimes when they're just not on. It's hard. <laughs> like that's the problem. I think you can really clearly delineate between the teams at the moment this year. Is you've got the ones and the the passes are clicking, the the backs are running, and it's really starting to overtake out into the wings. Yeah, but then you, the Roosters—they're the ones where the um, the passes are just going behind or the. The cutout passes just not. It's just working. not clicking. It's like, it's like, like they're still in preseason. Yeah, it's they will click into gear. Like it's not something I need to truly worry about just yet. I know within the next three weeks, Robbo will have that team firing like Robbo would because, I mean, he's gonna whip him into shape. Exactly. Like this is what Robbo does. Robbo's notorious for getting this team to work. Yep. And it, like, if you think about the back end of last season, I was. I was nervous walking up probably about round 14, and then we went on a run right up until the first week of the finals. We won every every game to make sure we made that finals game. Yeah, you did kill it. It was great for a Roosters fan until round one of the finals, and everyone got knocked out in 15 minutes, and it was sort of a walk in the park for South. Not not ideal. 
Speaking of South, how do you reckon they're going to do this year? Fuck South. <laughs> like, after, after their game against Manly this week, which, fuck me, what a nail-biter between them. You know, I'm going to give them a passer this week just purely because Johnny Sattler passed away very recently. They're wearing the 1970 replica jerseys with the half-rabbit. I'll give them a pass. Like, Cody Walker, that try. Like, that try. That try. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you don't a try that, say, you just got to say that try. Everyone else would have given up on that ball, and here he is putting his hand on it just before the dead ball line in front of Daily Cherry Evans. Like Evans should have kicked that ball dead. He thought it was out. That was it, the problem. Yeah, that was the problem. He's not a fullback. He should have known to kick that dead. You know, you bringing up Manly and, like, talking about Broncos earlier, my pick for game of the year, I reckon, this year, just reflecting on all that we've said in these past 13 minutes. I can't wait to watch Broncos Manly. Broncos Manly is going to be good. That That's going to be probably one of the most intense games of the year so far. Like, from what I've seen from most of the teams, I could not pick up two sides that might just run hard at each other and play some quality football like that. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got still Penrith Manly. I'm sorry, Penrith Eels. Um, Roosters are kicking a gear. Not Storm. Um, no, Storm don't seem themselves this year. But there are clear delineators that have come out from the pack at the start and they've started off really strong. And I feel like, you know, at the moment, if anything, our top four, let's have a look at our top four and let's see how indicative of we think it will be. Represent- want- 5th of May is when Manly and Broncos need to stay healthy for, for that game. May. That's, That's when so they first... Soon. It's a Friday night game at Suncorp too. It's going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. Provided like, the injuries don't creep in. Because if you, you lose a Tommy T or a Jake Trevojevic from Manly, you lose an Adam Reynolds, a Reese Walsh from Broncos, the team's quality is going to dip, I feel. A hot take. I feel like they're reducing their lean on Turbo because they've realised that it's such a potential for a sore point for them. Because... Like, even though Tommy Turbo is still doing Tommy Turbo things, Hmm. it was very clear last year, the second he got that injury, how much Manly needed him. Oh, definitely. And I think Seabold would have had to have come up with some sort of contingency plan in in place of this because he he can't just be everywhere all at once. He can't always be there. So what's going to happen in that situation? Yeah. And I think definitely that's where you, you know, you've got Dally Cherry Evans and Garrick there. They they need to be better in situations where they're not finding that Tommy's just there for him to open up the pass to come through. I get that. But it's just, Tommy's just this X factor that you know when he gets the ball and if he's got some space, something's happening. Yeah. Whether it's a line break, whether it's a try assist, whether it's a kick for a repeat set, he's just got that X factor about there's only like four or five players in the game that really have that that X factor. You got Tommy T, James Tedesco, Joey Manu. <laughs> Coincidentally, two of them seem to be Roosters players. <laughs> but can you deny that Joey Manu no, and that? I was Teddy was the first one that came to my mind because uh, I've lost the other two that I had. Clint Gutherson's another one to be honest, and probably the other one is Reese Walsh at the moment. Like that kid is. Fantastic when he gets the ball in his hand at the moment. I know it sounds like I'm talking out my ass because it's going to sound like that's exactly what fullbacks are meant to do. But you know, when they read the field and they're sitting back behind, you can tell it's different for those five because Mm. it seems natural in there. It's like you get ones, especially like, let's let's take Sloan, for example, because he's great. New, not very experienced. Even though fullback is his role, 
you can tell there's always that thinking of what position do I need to be in? Where do I need to be to receive these yes. balls? But Tommy, the man ducks and weaves throughout any line. Doesn't matter if he's with a four pack or backpack. He mm. will just be there ready to go. I'll give you another one too. Kalen in origin form is another X oh, factor. Ponger but only, only in origin, not at Newcastle. He's got two modes, Queensland and Newcastle. Newcastle needs, tends to be concussed. Yeah. But He's like, over in Canada at the moment. Yeah, how's he doing over there with the head thing? Because I've, no news has come back from it yet. It's, it's a state of the art. Yeah, he's gone over to have state-of-the-art neurosurgeons have a look at his head and think about the best way for him to return to football and the safest way for him to return See, to football. I've heard it's a little bit different than that. Okay, what have you heard? It's the if. This is the if now. Okay, so he's considering... This, this is like, can has he done enough damage... Wait, if he's just le- leaves, or is, okay. does he have one more in it? Well, Jack. Well, I, if you listen last week, Jack and I actually had a really good discussion about concussion, and we yeah, we yeah, think yeah. we think Kalen is fifty fifty at this point. We were both pretty pretty convinced Kalen's fifty fifty. He'll he'll want to come back, but it's whether the doctors will say yes or no that will be the ultimate deci- deciding factor. And I don't think he will. I think this might be. I think this might be the last year for Ponga, which is very unfortunate because. Yeah, Newcastle just signed him to a massive contract. Yeah. And, like, it's it's a shame because you, you look at Ponger and you, you do see legend's potential in him. Oh, definitely. That, that kid can play when he wants and to. And he's just been plagued, plagued by injury, and it's just destroyed his career. Like, oh. even, even though he's, he's still Ponger, everyone knows Ponger. Mm. What he could have done if he wasn't just out injured all the time He'd be different. He'd be captains, easy all the time. Everything. Yeah. I I don't want to knock Newcastle here, but do you think Ponga would be in a different situation if he was at a different club, maybe a more successful club like the Roosters, no. Melbourne, or the Broncos? No, I don't, because that you it's his tackling style is his problem. You can see it. He goes in anything he fucking does, he does with his head, and yeah. I I don't get it. Like that man puts himself in those positions and. Doesn't matter how much training, doesn't matter how much like on field knowledge you have, he still um, allows himself to get in those positions to get the head knocks. I don't yeah. think change a club would fix it. Okay, I, I was more thinking like those rich clubs. They seem to really look at player welfare and stuff. Like the reason I bring up the Roosters is they've had a lot of history with concussions. Look at Luke Keary, Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend. Two the, of those three have retired. And then look at like you think of the years when you guys were struggling to make teams because you're resting all your injured players. Yeah, like, and we told Luke Keery he's out for three months. Like, yeah. you're not allowed to play. Even though he was good to go, he was like, we're like, no, you, you can't play. And it's showing this year, he's wearing headgear. Yeah. Like, he's wearing headgear to prevent... Like, headgear in rugby league is like a a condom with a hole in it. It's not going to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, Realistically, though, like... You did say this last year. It's about the inside rattle, not the outside Exactly. Rattle. Like, the headgear, yeah, protects the outside of the head, but it doesn't really protect the brain rattling in the skull. Yeah, and that the mushy goodness going against almost concrete-like skulls. Exactly. Never going to work. Which is why Ponga probably won't have a reason to come back. But will Knights be able to hold on without him? No. Knights will crumble. You reckon? Like, worse Knights than they already have? No, I think losing Ponga is going to be a big blow to them because they invested a lot in Ponga over the next five years. Yep. Like they have, it's like 1.6, I want to say, the deal was, or 1.4. 1.4, 1. 
per year, like they're investing a heavily in Ponga and they were investing heavily in Ponga being on the field doing Pong and things to get Newcastle wins. If if they have to medically retire him, I'm going to say he get they get a bunch of that back, but I don't know how much. Uh, it's 1.4 million, by the I way. I knew it was something big. I knew it was something ridiculous. That's that's actually ridiculous. Holy shit. Well, considering Sawali just signed for fucking 1.6 at Union. Yeah. I could, Let, let's, let's talk about Sawali. <sighs> let's talk about his decision to go to Union. I understand it, but also I agree with Volandis and Smith. <laughs> like, seriously, like, yeah, go go get the money, go pl- do half the work and get double the pay. But at the end of the day, he's going to get bored in Union. Union's not... It's not a good sport in this country. You've got to admit, like, when was the last time you went out to watch a super rugby game, especially with the Waratahs, which is where he's going? Now, aren't they getting him into Union to get him into the World Cup, though? So the idea is, is he goes, he plays for the Tars... Then he gets it picked for the Wallabies and he goes and plays on the Lions tour in two years because that only actually happens once every four four or five years. Yeah. So it takes like, tw- and you only play, it's like Lions v New Zealand. Then four years, it's Lions v South Africa and then it's Lions v Australia. So it's like 12 years in between. So I can understand that. It's a, it's a pretty prestigious tour to get picked on. His final year is the Rugby World Cup in Australia. He's a marquee player to try and get people to go to those games. Like... I understand it completely. I also agree with Peter Volandi. He's, he's going to get bored. Rugby's not the same as it was 20 years ago. There's no intensity to it. And even when you're looking at the scrum packs, it just feels like they've, they're not the same. No, they're not. And if you look at the way that they run rugby, it's more the Northern Hemisphere that runs the international rugby scene. Mm. And it just it just doesn't seem to work. Like, can you tell me... the the super rugby teams in Australia that play in the super rugby tournament around the world. Is that the one with like the Waratahs, the Brumbies? Yeah, um, give me the other one. No. Nah. Yep. Queensland <laughs> Reds. Oh, I do know the Reds too. That's and I, I want to say that Melbourne has a team, I think it's the Melbourne Rebels, because the Western Force got folded. So our super rugby teams, there's the Crusaders. That's New Zealand. The Blues. New Zealand. The Waratahs, the Hurricanes, the Brumbies. Hurricanes is New Zealand. <laughs> are they all actually just straight up New Zealand? Those three are, yeah. Uh, the Fijian Girard? Yep. Moana Pacifica? Yep. The Highlanders? That's New Zealand. Actually, I don't know where the Hurricanes are then. Uh, the Hurricanes are... Unless they're a South African team? New Zealand. <laughs> oh, okay. I was right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they got four New Zealander teams. Well, yeah, Super Rugby, I, I want to say it goes from South Africa, Fiji, Australia, New Zealand, I think Japan as well. Um, I want to say. Looking I think it up. It's, it's so weird, Super right, Rugby. There's so many teams I've never heard of. Well, that's because Super Rugby is shown on Stan Sport. Do you have Stan Sport? I have Stan. Yeah, you got to pay extra for Stan Sport. Oh, gross. Why would I pay extra for an app I don't really watch? Exactly. Um. So the Chiefs are also a New Zealand team. Yep, they're New yep. Zealand. Um, we got Western Force. Man, oh, West- they're in there again. Um, yeah. Oh, I they're the Perth team. I didn't even realize there was a Perth team. Yeah, no. They so the last time I checked Super Rugby, Western Force had just folded and gone back to the NRU NRC, which folded two years later because rugby is that popular in this. Oh country. no, this is showing me. Yeah, no, Island Blues Force. 
Yeah, no, it looks like Force have recently played. Yeah, no, the Force are back in there. So I'm looking Damn. at him. I'm looking at it right now. Well, I don't recognize any of these teams. Oh, there's there's the Japanese team. Which one? Sunwolves. Sunwolves? Yep. Okay. Were. Were. So they're not in it anymore. They disbanded in 2020. That makes sense. Where the fuck are the Highlanders from? Uh, They are from New Zealand. Yeah. Like, so the last time I checked this, there was a, there was uh, South African teams. They're not in there anymore. Is that like what? The, the Sharks, the Lions, the Cheetahs, the Jaguars... I feel like the Jaguars rings a bell. Like, it's been over 20 years since I've actually looked up this uh, shit. No. Guess where the Jaguars are from, which makes a lot more sense now that I think about it. South America. Okay. They're an Argentinian team. The fuck do I... And then, <laughs> yeah, so the Cheetahs are definitely... The Cheetahs um, and the Lions are South African. Okay, well, neither of them are even in the Super Rugby table at the moment, so... Oh, that's oh, no, they've recently played. Yeah, you yeah, know, Super Rugby Pacific oh. is what I'm looking at. So they must, what's happened is they've split them all up. Yeah, it's just gone into their own rugby union-based teams around the world. Either way, rugby's a stupid sport. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. Why does it keep getting... I, here's the thing. I think Kenty said... It. I can't believe I'm agreeing with Kenty right now. Yeah. Kenty said that in... Rugby union circles, they've got no money in grassroots footy. Yep. I can attest to that. There's no money in grassroots footy. And then they've just spent $1.6 million a year on a 21-year-old. Who's they trying to get to the face to try and bring yeah, the He's the, the, the face. How does this kid come into rugby union, a, a dying sport in this country in a way, and become the face of it when these other players are sitting there as like, you're just a hitman. Like, how does he walk into that locker room knowing he's the highest paid player and he's never played a single game at pro rugby? Like, the last time he played rugby was when he was playing for Kings High School. It's hard because no matter what, there's always going to be the chip on his shoulder if he comes in. Because unless I couldn't imagine his reception being the most warmest welcome coming into it, especially considering everything that you're saying is going on in Union. Yeah. But I think that's the whole point. I think that they they need a key figure and he just, he had to have known that coming in. Like going in, he's not going to be very well received no. because they're just going to view him as some pretty footy boy star who's coming because of big paychecks. Yeah. It'll be his on-field actions and then as terrible as it sounds if they do advertising with him, that's what could probably change the perceptions of union and really start to turn people because how many roosters players or sorry how many roosters fans do you think might watch the first couple games of super rugby never gonna watch him i don't give a shit the moment he put pen to paper on that rugby contract i personally i was like tear up his roosters contract if he wants to go play rugby fuck off now i I was a first time i've ever agreed with gus Gould too because he told him to ship him off now and i don't i completely agree i'm like if you're going to dedicate yourself to rugby union, fuck off and play it. Mm. Don't fucking take up money in my cap, which we need, to sign better players to replace you. You don't need anything in your cap, Randy. You just give them lucrative advertising deals and then they'll be fine. They could go on 100000 per year. I mean, yes. <laughs> but legally speaking, I have to say that we need him off the cap. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take the high road there. No, that's not what we do on the show. Because we're about to go low, low, low and start talking about potential players leaving as well. 
So, tell me, Gatho, what's happening? Gatho's been had a chat with Brad Arthur and Parramatta, and they basically said we need to bring another fullback in as an X-Factor player. Now, it's... I don't know. I think Gutho's a top five fullback. I, I mean, you did say him as like yeah, well, one of your X factors. I think he he has that factor. He's just for every try an X factor player scores, Gutho saves four or five. Cooper Cronk said it best. I don't think they need someone else. They've got the X factors in Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, to sort of open up the field. Gutho's such a good defensive fullback. He reads the game like no one else. Fuck, I want him in the Origin team. You know what I mean? Like. I want him. In, I want him anywhere on that field because I think he's a, he's an asset on the field. But in saying that, like, if they bring in another fullback, where do you, what are they going to do? Like, I don't see the money they've got. What they got? Walker Blake, your favorite and your main favorite yeah. too. Sevo, Bailey Simonson. I want to say, and there's another one I can't think of. That that's their backline with Gutho. If you're gonna spend money. Upgrade your centers. Upgrade your other winger. Like, Sevo is a decent winger. Like, he, he just eats meters. Yeah, but who's his pairing? That's, he, I think it's Simonson's his pairing at the moment. It's not really working. They weren't clicking too well on the Parramatta-Penrith game, were they? No, like, it's really it's a really weird one because I think the the issues at Para aren't their 1, 6, 7, or, or actually the 9, you could say, is a problem. Because it's Josh Hodson and they don't really have a backup. But yeah, it's Bailey Simonson. And Will Penasini's the other centre. So realistically, I'd be I'd be looking for a replacement for Walker Blake and Bailey Simonson because like, they're taking on the Roosters on Thursday night. And those two are going to be defending against Clutchinson and Jackson Paulo. Jackson Paulo's been on a tear this year, scoring tries out of nowhere. He's fucking terrifying to look at. Like I just one run makes me n- Glad I don't have to defend against him. I know, right? But yeah, like I don't think the issues at power are Clint Gutherson. I don't think it's Dylan Brown or Mitchell Moses. Josh Hodgson's a good fill in, but yep. you need you need a ninety minute an eighty minute fucking hooker. I don't know where they get that from. I think those are the the positions you really want to upgrade is your your nines, your center, your your other winger. Hell, even your fucking forward pack. Like, Regan Campbell-Gillard's good, but other than that... How's their 5'8 looking? Well, it's Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown's sick. Yeah, but what about Whiten? I mean, Jack Fighten did... <laughs> Jack Fighten did say he wanted to go on the open market earlier today. Fighten Whiten no longer wants to be part of Canberra. I well, mean... I imagine, it, I imagine Arthur's on the phone to him. <laughs> He's like, hey, we got a bit of money to spend. We're looking for an X-Factor fighter. Well, I mean, if you get bringing in Whiten, you need to get rid of what Brown or Gutho. Like, you can't have Whiten, Gutho, and Brown on your cap. They just re-signed Moses. Moses isn't going anywhere. I was, a, I, I still reckon the Moses buy was a fantastic. Oh, I think it was drawn out way too long. He should have signed before the season started if he was going to sign. And that bullshit that he start that his manager apparently started saying, "Oh, the Roosters are interested." Roosters were never interested in Mitchell Moses. They just wanted to drive up the price to get Parramatta. Yeah, the, the, Robbo had to sit down with Sam Walker and Luke here and be like, yo, we're not interested. Really? Because the rumour that was started. So it was really starting to circulate, even getting to the player's head about it. Well, Paul Kent announced it on 360 because it got to him. And he's like, well, if it wasn't me, someone else is going to announce it. That's how big the rumour was. So fair enough. I'll give Kenty that. 
But the fact that it was basically the manager, apparently, that drove that rumor into the ground to try and up the price from Para, it's like, fuck off. Like, I get you, you know, obviously, he's going to try and get the best for his his client, making sure that he gets, you know, the most money out of it. But I wonder how much that increased his pay uh, pay packet in the back pocket. Well, apparently, his, uh, his manager works for his uncle or a cousin. It's Isaac Moses. Isaac Moses is one of the most notorious player managers in the NRL. He's Suwali's manager. He's Tedesco's manager. So how so? Because I don't know a lot about player managers or the okay. behind-the-scenes di- behind stuff. So Out of all of them, he's the only one I know the name of, and it's because he was deregistered by the NRL. Wait, what? But Para, he was the manager of Tim Manor. Yep. And I want to say last year Tim Manor came out and gave damning evidence against him about getting a price driven up or something. He lied to the integrity unit or something like that mm. on the Isaac Moses's advice. And it got him deregistered for over a year, maybe two. That That's why I know this guy's name. And he's been behind the scenes sort of playing the cards apparently. This is all allegedly, by the way, because we do not want to be sued by this guy because we have no money. All allegedly. We have not confirmed any of this. No, this is just t- stories that I've heard from... NRL 360. Yeah. This is all on NRL 360 because it's the only news program I really watch. (laughs) Quite reputable, if you you say, on Fox footy. I'd I'd say a lot of Fox footy is. I wouldn't say 360 is (laughs) reputable. I'd say that they're just four old men yelling. No, three old men yelling at each other and Braith and Astor. God, I hope to be like that one day. I know, right? That'd be a sick show. Like, we just continue this podcast for so long that we've just become old men yelling at each other about what we think is going to happen the next week. You know, that'd be fun. That sounds hilarious. I, I'd, I'd listen to that. I reckon we do better than 360. I think it's more funny. But um, I would like to circle back to wine. Yes. If he's, Do you reckon he's going to stay at Milk? If not, what what clubs might think, mm-hmm, this, this might be a good idea for us? I'd say Tigers would look into it. If Ponga is done, yep. you can guarantee the Knights will be on the horn. Couldn't blame them too. That'd be a really good pickup for them. Dolphins will be talking to them because there's still that, that X factor down, mm-hmm. like realistically. I don't think the Cowboys would be onto them. New Zealand maybe, but uh, New Zealand's hard to tell because people don't want to move to New Zealand. And other than that, like Melbourne are pretty set with their six and seven. Like I can't think of any other clubs. It'd be the Tigers, the Bulldogs. Who's, who does Bulldogs 5-8 five, five, for the moment? I think it's Alvarillo. No, it's Big Boot Burton. What the fuck am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, all right. No, yeah, fair. T- fucking doggies out there. I forgot yeah, Burton's. I know. I Burton's think Tigers is actually really good bet with that one. Like I think faltering. Tigers and Knights are your, your 50-50s there. And if it, Dragons. I mean, he's over 30. That's a good young signing for you. <laughs> Work out well with our, with our backpack. Maybe you can start putting a little bit of organization into any of them. Yeah, true. Because <laughs> you guys are just a me- You know what? Benny Hunt needs someone. He does. He needs an offsider where he can actually start running the ball with the front pack and start making plays and kicks where he can, you know, work the gaps instead yeah. of having to constantly micromanage everyone. Exactly. I, I, I think like, Benny Hunt needs I, someone I else. I know we really had our sights set on Junior, but Junior's not no. got it yet. Or if he's If he's going to have it, it's just not apparent at the moment. Left wing, if I was the Dragons and 
He wanted a short-term gain for probably maximum results. Mm. Blake Austin's apparently available over in England. Now, he hasn't. He didn't prove himself well in Canberra, but he has been doing semi-decent in the Super League. Mm-hmm. Chuck some money in him. He's over 30, so he's perfect for the Dragons. But also, I'm never, I'm never going to let that one down. It's just <laughs> so good, that joke. But it gets me in, reali- in realistic thinking, though, like if the Dragons are really looking for a six that can help out the back line and let Benny Hunt do Benny Hunt things, Blake Austin's a really good pickup. When he plays well, he plays really well. There you go, Hook. If you, for some reason, listen to this no-name podcast... We've got our recommendations for you. Maybe uh, start making some chirps out towards England. Might pick up a good player. Well, I mean, look at the players that have come out from England, realistically. Gareth Ellis in the early two thousand, uh, late God. 2000s, he was great for the Tigers. Widdop was so good. Widdop. Well, Widdop came over as a young fella in Melbourne and then came to your mob. Yeah, but he's just so good. And then he went back and that made me real sad. Who else was a really good Well, I mean... Can't go by the bird eye. Mm. All four of them. Man, they're still plaguing this country. I know. <laughs> what are they, mainly South players still? Well, Tom is. I thought they had two. Well, no, you had oh, one. we have one. No, you had one. George is gone. Yeah. Um, so I thought South only had one. Oh, fair. My bad. And, of course, well, Sam was on the coaching role, but Sam don't do nothing no more. Mm. And then other than that, Dom Young, who's coming to the Roosters from the Knights, he's an English fella. And I can't think of any other English... Oh, how could I forget? Mr. Homesick, Johnny Bateman. Is he English? <laughs> he's, well, yeah, I mean, I've never really heard him speak, so... He's fucking English. Like, he he came to the Raiders from... Well, it, Raiders used to be the home of the English fellas. You had George Williams, John Bateman, Elliot Whitehead, and one others. Mm. Most of them all fucked off back to England after playing for the Raiders. Um, Are the Grahams British? Oh, yeah, James Graham's British. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that, that ginger boy is... Uh, He's definitely British. <laughs> and so, like, I, I never actually started realising how many English players we've had coming across. Like, it's not a lot, but, it, you know, for being over the other side of the world, they, they're starting to make a break into it. You reckon that there'd be well, some sort of market for the British players moving forward? I, I, I'd like to think so. I'd like there to be more coercion and getting some of the young English fellas over here because... Superlink's not up to the scratch of the NRL. I think that's pretty obvious. But if they come over here, play three years NRL and really pick it up, all of a sudden that Super League over there starts becoming a viable I mean, option. Look at trials. Bloody um, well, St. Helens came across. They actually did not a bad job. They did pretty well. They, yeah. beat, they knocked off Penrith. Yeah. Like, if it's indicative of signs to come, I think the trials would have a lot of advantage expanding. Yeah. Further than what they do, and like really have a larger incorporation between our off season and British's on scene on season, mm. and maybe we could do something over there or just do some development. No, I agree, and In, I think development of the the international game is a high priority of the ARL, mm. especially because like you always look at the expansions that the NRL keep talking about how they really want to. You look at the streaming rights yep. that they want to have over in um, America and stuff like that. This could be their market into the European market of footy. I know, right? And I think NRL footy is heaps good to go over to Europe. I reckon it, it, it's, kill over there too. I know, because it, it's a, it's a high-intensity sport, and that's what they like over there. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I think we've covered quite a bit today. Yeah, there's anything else I can't, I can't think of. Any, oh, actually, no, I've got one more thing I want to talk about. Hit me with it. 
if Hook is unfortunately sacked over the next six weeks, yep. it's rumoured that Jason Riles will be approached. No. Ben, uh, Dean Young, Ben Hornby, they're the top three names no. on the Dragons. Well, you're saying no. Who are you saying yes to then, Mr. Motherfucker? Soured. Why? He's the, the chicks coach there. I reckon he could do both. I reckon he's just that fantastic and everything he does is beautiful, even though he's a little cry- crying uh, baby. He's brilliant. I'll tell you what, you'd be really good at field goals if he comes in as your coach. And you know what? He could give Lomax a little bit of kicking uh, training at the moment because whatever he's doing with that smaller... um, What's it called? The kicking Uh, tee? The tee. It's not working for him. I'd love to see Saud. You know what? If they had like an incorporation of just, say, Hornsby and Gazni even, like I don't know how much Gazni still has to do with the team, but the lineage of him and Reg... From, from what they've done to the Dragons, maybe they could have an offensive coach. I don't know what Ray, what uh, Mark has to do with it anymore, to be honest. I haven't heard his name. Yeah. Last time I heard it, he was, he was a pundit on Fox for like a year. Yeah, I, like, I know. Oh, I think he did stuff. He did stuff at the footy show, didn't he? I don't remember. Um, But yeah, I, I, I can understand that. We do need an incorporation of something. I think we need to get with the times more. We need to stop doing this forward running pack. And well, we need to find a coach that can actually start making use of our smaller players because well, they've reached out to Bellyache. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I well, mean, I, I get mean, it. Bellamy is the best that will ever be. But, well, Bellamy's this is his last year of coaching. He's pretty much said he's done after this. But yep. if they were to bring him in as, let's say, a coaching, like Gus Gould at the Dogs. Do you reckon he would? I reckon if the pays are already do it. Yeah, but. I mean, did you see that pen on the weekend? He snapped it fucking off. <laughs> I don't know if his heart is in it. <laughs> He terrifies me. Uh, no, I'm happy. Scary Bellamy's back. Cancer patient Bellamy has been hard to watch, but it does mean you know, like, at the end of the day, he's found his passion for him. He's so upset because that's his team. He was so upset when they were up twelve nil and they dropped the ball. He snapped a pen in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I, <laughs> that's that's a man that's truly committed to his team. See, I I think he that might have a heart attack halfway during a game though. Oh, no, I, I'm pretty sure the defibrillator is always on standby for him. Like, you look at it compared to him and Fitzgibbon. Fitzy looks so calm. He, like, I don't get it. Man just drinks water <laughs> nonstop. The only one that d- does it worse is Brad Arthur. He has, like, 30 water bottles sitting he in front. It's, like, just a line of water bottles. <laughs> and he's, like, his two, eyes, <laughs> his two eyes are over it. It's fucked. <laughs> oh, but no, I, I don't know. I think Riles is a good bet for you, boys, because he's been an assistant... About Riles, unfortunately. He's been an assistant to both Bellamy and Robbo. All right. He's currently the assistant to Robbo. <laughs> there might be something in it, but we'll have to see. We, we've got six weeks. We've six got weeks s- of hook. We've got to see what Hook can do. Um, I've, got, I've got a very big prediction. Yeah? Let's see who we're going up against this week. You have fucking... The Dolphins. We were talking about yeah, this we do, literally yeah. 40 minutes I, ago. Yeah, I forget so <laughs> easily. But we were talking about going to the damn game. <laughs> I'm still scared to go to that game. <laughs> I mean, it'd be good to see the Dolphins live. I Get one of them fins. I reckon it's gonna. It's just gonna be a sea of red and white too. Well, that's because the Dolphins are red. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, it's just gonna be. It doesn't matter. The Dragons feel like they're playing to an all home team at this point because everyone would be wearing their colours. All right, I'll wear a Roosters jersey just to make it better. Done. I mean, there's gonna be South and Manly there anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Joshy. Yes. I reckon that's a that's a good episode for I, us. I reckon we've done pretty well. You know, it's nice not having Jackie. It's 
like not having someone interrupt me every two minutes with nonsense. With uh, I do like the nonsense because it's great filler, but we really tackle a lot of important things here this week, and I just want to give a promise to our fans. Won't be happening next week. Jack's back. Yeah, unfortunately, Jack will be back to derail everything. However, we are going to become a comedy show after this because clearly we're in the wrong line of work. Obviously. (laughs) Have a lovely day, everyone. Have a lovely day, Randy. Yep. And I'll see you next week. See you next week, Joshy. And just remember to follow us at Bums on the Bench and all our social medias. Follow our other show at Formula Bums, except on Twitter because Jack's dumb and it's at Bums Formula. And stay tuned for Friday when we release our episode for the Australian Grand Prix preview. Let's go. Absolutely keen. See you.